The Ziggler Show comes from the legacy of Zig Ziggler and brings together personal and professional growth, business success, and faith. Hello, I'm Kevin Miller. This is The Ziggler Show, and today's episode, Invest in What You Most Value. It's a Thanksgiving special. I asked the Ziggler audience, what are you grateful for right now, first thought, and why? We got 50 comments in less than three hours, and they quickly fell into some specific categories with two far outstanding all the rest. Uh, Tom Ziegler and I started off with the miscellaneous ones that were really interesting and insightful as we led up to the two main categories, which you're gonna hear in about 20 minutes on the show. My focus, however, was this. Here are the main things that we say we're grateful for. Do our daily and ongoing priorities line up with what we say we most value? As I'll divulge this, the, the two greatest areas of gratitude are two of the most neglected if we really look at the culture and I think most of our lives. Nobody cited gratitude for their smartphone or their TV, which undoubtedly gets so much of our attention. Only one person said that they were grateful for their work, that we all generally spend more time devoted to our work than anything else. So this episode became a significant audit and opportunity for an exercise uh, that we can all consider what are we most grateful for and are we investing our time and resources that direction? So here's what we have for you in my other podcast. Some products and services I think are relevant for you. Then Tom Ziegler and I will get into what the Ziegler audience says it's grateful for. Okay, Tom, so we'll, we'll hold the main categories that people answered with for last because that's, that's where I think it's worth us drilling in on uh, a little bit. But I, I thought it was just of interest uh, to, for people to hear what did a lot of folks say they were thankful for. And again, I ask, you know, just right off the cuff. And uh, of course, I didn't think about it for myself. I thought right now, well, I don't know. I feel like it'll give away what, the, what everybody else said. I, don't, I think it's it, now, I'm, now I'm, I'm biased by what I saw. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me just run through. Well, hey, let's start off. Let's start off with some good uh, Ziggler goodness here. Philip Hatfield. He said the truth. It's the the influence of Zig Ziggler uh, that he had in my personal, professional, and spiritual life. I am a life that was changed, and I know you know Philip well. Uh, oh yeah, he's. You know, there's a. He tells the story better than me, but I believe he was listening to Dad's spiritual journey which is one of the gifts we give away at Ziggler.com. It's, it's, it's dad's, you know, his spiritual walk. And uh, I think he was listening to that and driving down the road, he pulled over and that's when his, that's when his faith changed. So that's, he's a, Phillip's a good friend and a walking testimony. To, so out of that product and, and it's available free. So what Ziggler.com, where do they find it? Ziggler.com free gifts. I think oh. it's one of the free downloads okay. that, that we give. So okay. Yeah, it's 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 dad's uh, talks about his faith and and uh, how he became a Christian and the journey that he went on. Excellent. Well, Danica Treble, she also said the Ziegler legacy and the why list is is very, very long. Um, man, we had people, Kyle Harper, who said just the goodness of Jesus giving him peace amongst storms and trials. Uh, Anna Rawls said my job. And interestingly, out of all the comments, she was the only one that said my job. I, I, when I first saw that as one of the first comments, I thought, Oh, that's going to be a category. 
interestingly, I don't know if it's sad or, or not, but I, that was, that was, she was the sole purpose person that said my job. Uh, hopefully there are some folks out there feeling grateful for their job. You know, um, I think I've seen a trend and I don't think it's that people aren't grateful for their job. Uh, I think it's the ones, the priority is kind of switched. You know, we used to plan our life around our work and now we're planning our work around our life uh, because of COVID and the realities that have happened. And so I think instead of it being like number one or two on the checklist, it's like you just go down the, the checklist and it comes in four or five. So maybe that's why it's a little bit further down the list. I had not thought about that at all, about the, the, the difference that people are more so planning their life around their work because of the changes of COVID. Well, that's a positive aspect of it that, yeah, just didn't occur to me. Huh. Okay. Well, Johnny said dogs. Okay. that's good uh brandon russell he said i'm I'm grateful for all the recent struggles and pain i've gone through without it i would not be where i am today uh that's that's a good thing to be grateful for the trials and tribulations i guess if you feel like they have been redeemed in your life obviously if not uh but that's powerful that'd be a great exercise just to think about, am I grateful for the struggles? I don't It's not something I tend to make as an avatar on my gratitude list. My, my life verse is James one, two, and three. And it says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance. And, uh, I picked that before I'd ever had a trial in my life. I think I was 12 or 13. I didn't know what yeah. You know, what a hard time was. And that's a deep one. Um, yeah. So if you, we all get to go into that well, right? Uh, but if, but if you can re- maintain the faith and, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a different game when you realize that, Hey, during, you know, in the furnace and during the storm, uh, there, there's, there's hope. Yeah. And, that's where I think empathy is really born and empathy allows us to connect. Uh, you know, I, I, as you know, I just did a getaway with my wife and we talked about the hardships, talked about regret. It's always been an interesting topic for me because you tend to have people who are full of regret, full of guilt, shame, and, and it's overwhelming to them. It overtakes them, minimizes them. Yada, yada. Then on the other side, you've got the camp. And I think that's what we often find even in the personal development industry of no regrets, no regrets. I, I'm a no, you know, I have no regrets. Everything's been redeemed kind of a, a perspective, which again, I, I get, uh, but we were just contemplating because I, I was admitting to some regrets that I have some things. And would I say that they have redemption in them? things that I've learned that I wouldn't know. Otherwise. Absolutely. But man, that, uh, that hurt somebody back then that, that thing that I did, I would not wish for that to have happened for their sake necessarily, or, or, you know, even, or my own sake. So I got redemption out of it, but I, there was some pain out of it as well. But just that aspect of looking back, do I have gratitude? Yeah, it's hard. How can I not have gratitude? Cause it's helped make me who I am today, but 
I, I don't know that I would let it happen again or want that to happen again necessarily, which, you know, and then we've got John O'Leary who, you know, asked that question, that question was asked of him. And uh, if he would go back in time, would he blow himself up in the garage at whatever he was seven years old and have whatever it was, 75, 80% of his body burned. And he said, yes, he would let it happen again. It's, it is what has made him who he is today. That's, yeah, as you said, that's deep water. I asked dad that question and um, kind of his response was the same. He was like, well, of course I would like a do-over, but not if it changed who and where yeah. I am today. Sure, yeah. Right, yeah. you know, and I, and I think that's where a, a lot of us are. Um, I've been listening to one of the programs by Brene Brown and since it's thank, you know, we're doing this around Thanksgiving, uh, you know, people, one of the things we want to do is we want to live wholeheartedly. And she said that one of the, one of the things the research showed is that wholehearted people, it's not that they have an attitude of gratitude, which they do, but that's not what makes them wholehearted. They actually practice acts of gratitude. Yeah. And so it's really interesting of how, you know, we can talk about, hey, you know what, it's Thanksgiving, I'm grateful for so much. But the people who actually take action on that, meaning they set aside a time every day to write down their gratitude list, or they reach out and tell somebody personally, hey, I'm grateful for what you, you know, the impact you had in my life. Uh, you know, Philip talking about that, um, the impact that Zig Ziglar had in his life and, and Danica, she's, you know, she's now a valuable team member. And that's one of her common things is to tell people on the team, how grateful she, she is for them. Hmm. Um, and it's, it allows, it, it's a deep, it's a deeper level. You know, it's what we want in life is that wholeheartedness. Well, here's one that at, first glance, I don't know if it'll be on that deeper level for folks, but Don, he says, uh, Don McCallum, I invested in a 12 string electric guitar for my music ministry. It got here from eBay. It's beautiful, looks and sounds great. And it didn't break the bank. And I thought that one stuck out to me because right before we started recording here, you were asking me about my time away with my wife. I mentioned biking and talking about my bike and I adore my bicycle. Uh, I, I just, I love what it allows me to do. It is just pure fun. When I see it, I smile and I can't get, I can't wait to go out and just pure play for me. Uh, totally. Uh, and I, so I thought about that. How many people have an item that gives them pleasure? I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, to have a toy, if it's a hobby, if it's something that they can, and I think in this case, especially something you could do with, can you play music. Can you, you know, go ride driving something, a car or whatever, uh, is a great thing to have. I'm so I'm just grateful for it. Just grateful to have something that, that gives joy like that. Yeah. And I would, you know, let's go deeper on that for a second. Uh, there's a lot of people who have, you know, access to that. They have the bike or the guitar or whatever their version of, you know, that, but then, uh, to me, the deep gratitude in that is the ability to enjoy it. Uh, guilt-free. Yes. Yes. Right. Cause, because a lot of people, that's a challenge. Yeah. You know, do I deserve it? Did I earn it? Cause we're in, we're in this, we're in this race and you know, that's a, that's a big deal is, is being able to, to be grateful for the skin that you're in 
and knowing that you, you know, one of the things you've got to be able to do is to take care of yourself and, and enjoy life. Man, I, I just lived that out, Tom, because, uh, again, I talked about before my getaway with my wife, I did a six day getaway just by myself. So Terry took care of all the kids at home, did everything. Uh, and I got the time away and I had to remind myself not to feel guilty because she wanted me to go. She's advocating. So did my kids, even though they said, daddy, we miss you, but they, they appreciate it because I, they know I'm happier when I come home. I'm a more joyful daddy, uh, to them. And they have experienced that. There was a time, uh, stuck out acutely when Terry and I, we were at the dinner table, uh, having conflict, um, you know, I, I don't know what it, I can't remember what it was about, of course, as we seldom can, but we were having conflict. And one of my sons who at the time, man, I don't know, might have been 12 or so. He said, I, I, you guys need to go away together. He said, you're better when you have gone away together. I, and I love that he is that acute to them. They're saying, go away. We'll miss you, but go away. You'll be better. But they realize that when we go away on their own. So I was just away. And that's one of the main things I did activities every day was I went for a ride or a run or both. And I'd go down in the Springs. It's lower elevation. I can breathe easier down there. It was warmer and just beautiful. And I had so much guilt-free fun uh, though. Again, I had to remind myself a couple of times, don't feel guilty. It still creeps up there. You know, uh, one of the things that that dad talked about, and of course, it's it's not a it's it's not like a unique thought of his, but but he said, you know, you can't give something you don't have. Yeah. Can you can you treat somebody else? I mean, really, can you tr can you treat somebody else better than you treat yourself? Yeah. Can you love somebody else more than you love yourself? I mean, these are all these are ponderables. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I, I like Thanksgiving because it's a time of reflection. We go down the list and then we say, well, OK, so how, how can I love somebody more? How can I be more grateful for? How can I? And a lot of it starts with, you know, coming clean with ourselves. Yeah. Because if we don't believe we deserve it, we probably don't believe anybody else deserves it. That's the and that's been the hard lesson for me, Tom. Um, I, I've. I knew for so many years that I felt, I felt like I had a lack of compassion for people and it was acute to me because my wife has so much and I would just be aware of that, her caring, her heart. And I felt like, in real, I just don't feel as much compassion towards people, towards their, their hurts and, and things like that. And I remember saying that, saying those words, I, I would, I would want to be a more compassionate person. And it took a long time before someone helped me see the reality that I had no compassion for myself. I was the hardest on myself. And how can I, as the way Zig said, how can I give something that I don't have within me? How can I have compassion for others if I don't have it for myself? Man, that was convicting and did a law, uh, has done a lot for me to have both compassion for myself and other people. I think it'll be a lifelong journey for me in that arena. But yeah, just to, to take the, uh, it's, it's a critical statement. Uh, or reality to know that I can't pour out. I can't give what I don't have. Well, so that, you know, on that aspect too here, let's go ahead and hit our two biggest topics that I've teased everybody with to this point. And out of all the responses given, which I don't know at this point, I know in the first three hours we had about 50 responses, uh, but the almost half of them said relationships and probably a fifth if not a quarter said health relationships and health. And what stood out to me, Tom, and I mentioned it to you before we started off here was 
that if that is the, you know, the survey says that that's what we value most. That's what we have the most gratitude for. It just got me to thinking, is that where I invest the most though? If that's what's more important, is that where I invest the most? If that's what's most important, is that what gets the priority of my days? And a lot of times it doesn't. Now I'm a health nut and you know, my exercise for me is play and fun, uh, but relationships, and I, I can often put those on the back burner. I had somebody, I was talking with some friends and, uh, so, you know, some study had been done. The average uh, parent talks individually one-on-one to their child less than three minutes a day. So that's a, that's a, a stat. And I heard that and it sounds appalling. So I told my wife this weekend, we were talking about it and I told her, I said, honey, but when I thought about it, cause she thought that too, oh my gosh, that's terrible. But then I thought, you know, in reality, there are days when, I don't talk individually to my kids at all, hardly other than, uh, you know, come home. A lot of times I don't see them in the morning. I come home and Hey, and, and we're an affectionate family. We give a hug and recognize each other. But then I've got, you know, especially with me, I've got, I'm going to have four or five kids around at any given time. And we all talk corporately, but for me to go to one of them and say, Hey buddy, what's happening with you? How are you doing? There's a lot of days that never happens. Days in a row where again, I'm there and we're talking. We may have a conversation about an idea, a topic, an event, but I didn't connect with them. And, you know, so again, would I say relationships is one of the top of my gratitude list? Probably does it showcase in my life? You are listening to The Ziggler Show in this episode on what we are grateful for. Next, Tom shares that taking things for granted is the opposite of gratitude. So I've got some products and services I think are going to be relevant for you. Then we'll dive right back in. Yeah, you know, uh, dad had that quote, um, to a child, love is spelled T-I-M-E. Yeah. And uh, we had, you had Charles Martin on, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I just finished one of his books, and which one? Uh, oh, you knew you were going to ask. Let me let me tell me what up. it's about. What's the plot line? It's uh, I'll I'll pull it up on Audible real okay. quick. Right. Yeah, the the so anyway, the characters the character said, "Well, love is spelled T I M E." So, mm-hmm. uh, it is uh, wrapped in rain. Yeah. Wrapped, wrapped in, rain. in rain. I know the title. I don't know that I've read that one. Yet. Yeah. And so one of the, you know, when we talk, talk about gratitude, I think one of the things that I guess taking for granted is kind of the opposite of gratitude uh, is we, we, we take for granted the time that we have with, you know, we just, we go through life and it's like, well, there'll always be tomorrow. And, but the reality is, is that, just being intentional about spending time. Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter, Alexandra, the, the big uh, breakthroughs in life, the, the aha moments, it was just all, it was, there was no intentionality of, Hey, we're going to talk about this, but, but there was a lot of intentionality of, Hey, we're going to go do this. We're going to, we're going to go on this camp out. We're going to, we're going to go on this trip. We're going to spend this time together because you can't plan, you can't plan the meaningful conversation, but you can plan the time and and seed that meaningful conversation. And then it comes up. And so, and then Dr. James, uh, our favorite doctor. Yeah. uh, I I remember, well, you've, you've said it before. He says, you, 
you know, we can't be well, but we can all be weller. Yep. And he asked me the question when I was there, what, what, what do you think is the biblical, what is biblical health physically? What is biblical, biblical health? What does that look like? Yeah. And that's one of those great things. So when we talk about family and relationships and health, uh, those are, those are the things that pop into my mind. Yeah. Well, they do. And again, then it was just a conviction. What a great exercise for Thanksgiving. And I may put this out, you know, online or social media and stuff too, but a great exercise for us to write down what we're grateful for. What are the top things that we're grateful for? And then just to do a personal audit, just a quick question to ourselves. Am I investing according to what I say I'm most grateful for? Am I investing in my relationships uh, that I say I'm grateful for? Am I investing in my health? that I say I'm grateful for? Am I investing in my, you know, job, uh, in the, in the, with the health that I should, if I'm grateful, you know, for that, and then look at some ways that we can, I mean, we're approaching new years and everybody's going to make their resolutions. What are some things that we can do to put our money where our mouth is, uh, with this. And even right now, you know, as we're looking at the holidays, what are some things we can do to elevate that? I, this is a fun one that came to, uh, came up with Terry and myself, uh, this weekend uh, together was thinking about things we can do over the holidays for, for Thanksgiving, for Christmas. And we're going to do a, I think, 48 hours of no, no screens, which, you know, at first, first uh, stating that, I don't think the kids will be thrilled with that, but no screens and no requirements, no chores, no tasks, no nothing. Just, it's just fun. It's playtime uh, to do. It's kind of like a staycation. You know, we had, I realized that Terry and I have so many memories of traveling for the holidays, going to see somebody. And we don't do that. We don't, we have so many of us, we don't travel so that my kids don't have that. So we're generally at home. But if you're at home, there's things to do. There's, you know, laundry to be done. There's something to be taken care of. There's a house to be clean and whatever. So can Terry and I also, corn, if we're going to say the kids, no screens, it's us, no work to act, you know, again, like a staycation. And, uh, and she came up too. let's try to do as little electricity as we can. Just again, I mean, do you remember that being a kid? I remember the electricity goes off and you're like, well, there's no TV, there's no radio. And we end up playing a game or something like that, hanging out, get candles out. Uh, my, I remember that was so fun as a kid to try to do that as well. She said, you know, we could even, we got a big house. We could turn it off on, you know, most of the places and leave it on if we want music playing or something like that. But uh, just to do some things to foster that intimacy with family, not just being, or like I said, it's so easy to be around together and not be what's intentional, I guess, you know, to be, to have that really intimate, invested, intentional, relational investment. Yeah. Uh, well, on health, let's hit that one then. That was the next one that people said. And again, there were at an acute time right now. I think if, I feel like with everything that we ask in these Q and A questions now, it's got a flavoring of the. I keep using the word acute, but the acute time that we are in right now. So as of this recording, I mean, we're just going into Thanksgiving of 2020. We are at a new height of COVID issues. We've got, like I said, we went to a hotel that we like because it has an outdoor heated pool that got closed the day before we got there because of just COVID restraints. Uh, the, the, a lot of the restaurants or, or, or some of the restaurants are, uh, closed around here. It's, I think it's, they, they can choose. It's not a mandate yet, but you know, it's, it's altered what's going on. So when people talk about health, 
it's obviously at a big acute again time right now because people are dealing with the fear of or actually getting uh, the coronavirus. And yeah, and I wonder if if the top two are relationships and health. Gosh, what a what a huge uh, cognitive dissonance going on in people's heads where. Golly, I got to be, you know, I got to be safe. I got to be, you know, I got to make sure that I don't get sick or don't, and, and, you know, not knowingly bring it to someone who is, doesn't have the, the immune system or they might have an underlying condition. But yet uh, relationships are number one. You know, yeah. how, how can I not, you know, how, as a college kid, how can I not go home to my family? Uh, how can I not do the Thanksgiving? And, and it's, you know, it just seems like there's extremism on every side of it. And, and internally, it's like our family, we've been blessed. We've been able to uh, basically cocoon around each other, uh, but we're limiting, you know, what we see on the outside. But that's because we have that option. Yeah. A lot of people don't have that option. Yeah, a lot of pros. Well, it, it's it's impacted us. I mean, here's Thanksgiving and uh, my wife's parents are always with us. They will not be with us uh, this time. They come from Austin, Texas. They won't be making the trip uh, for Thanksgiving. And I've got one daughter who she's only three hours away. She will not be uh, coming. She's in Gunnison, which is a city in Colorado that has had a lot. They've had really higher cases than other areas are. And they're, so they've cracked down a lot more on it and they have a quarantine issue. So she can leave, but if she does, she has to come back and quarantine whenever she gets back in her home for seven days. Well, she can't do that with her job. Um, it doesn't work out. So she's three hours away and not, not coming home. So yeah, to have that as, you know, there's, there's family that is being, uh, jeopardized, you know, or the relationships are being separated more than ever. And it's because of health scares. And of course we've got people listening who, I mean, somebody's gonna be listening with this, who has, co- who has, who has the virus, um, or who has had it or who knows somebody who has, and knows somebody who's died at this point. And so, my gosh, yeah, you're right, man. Talk about, yeah, dissonance of a stressful time. And then what does that do to people's levels of stress and anxiety and just pain and sadness? My gosh, you've got the holidays that are, for so many people, such a difficult time relationally and pain and grief. And to add this on it, it's going to be a, a unique time. And we'll probably see a gulf, don't you think, of of that. The pain's going to be worse. And over here on the other side, the, you know, those who who have the privilege, like you talked about, uh, of family and good health, or it's going to be, um, it's going to be greater as well. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I bet, I bet zoom, I bet zoom will be overloaded on Thursday. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We'll be doing it with all the extended family that we're, that we're not with. Yeah. So I'm thankful for zoom or Skype or, Mm -hmm. Google Teams or whatever it is that you use. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just think about the ability to reach out. Yeah. Uh, and and so, what? How are we going to take advantage of that? Yeah. And there, gosh, there, speaking of that, there's you know I, I didn't go through because it would take the it would take two hours to go through all the comments, but uh, there are if I pull some out like with family. We've got Becky here. She says, my family is alive, safe, and healthy. Uh, her son totaled her car in May, totaled his car in May. One of my kids had a miscarriage in June. Uh, two family members lost their homes to fires in September and October. 
Uh, my daughter was 36 weeks pregnant and had COVID and was in the I- ICU for six days. But now I have my first grandchild. We all survived thanks to Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, that's a significant one to yeah count the blessings. But that's, yeah, I, I, that's, she pulled out fires too. We haven't made much mention to that, but amongst all the stuff we have with COVID that we have, we've had with you know race issues, we've had with the election, uh, we've had yeah, how many people impacted by fires this year has been significant. I did, this is not on nearly any level like that. But we had one here uh, down in Colorado Springs this last week on the trail that I was uh, that I was on on my bike. So I'm on my bike going down the trail and I got turned back by a park ranger. I've got a picture of a really up close of this fire that was going ends up that it was it was threatening a lot of homes and they got it out. It was more of a brush fire that just went along, but they got it out. But yeah, I was just this weirdness. I think it's got a lot of people just like this is just apocalyptic. To have these many things that actually are affecting our lives like never before. Yep, murder hornets and flame oh, That's squirrels. right. That's right. That <laughs> is right. It's t- totally, totally nuts. But you know, we've got people in here. Linda, uh, her mother is fighting cancer. Uh, Bertie Adams. That's a lady that I know. She's a family friend of my my parents. She's after losing my husband, my daughter, and my dog in 2019. Uh, a virus will not get me down. I'm thankful for my children, grandkids, and friends. To lose a husband and a daughter. Uh, it seems like, yeah, again, with, with health and relationships, I just texted a friend today. He's, he's older than I am. He may be, may be close to 60. And in the past three years, he has three children. Past three years, he's lost two kids. Uh, one to suicide, one to a car accident, grown kids married with, ki- with, uh, with, uh, children, both of both boys. So but lost his two boys who left behind wives with three kids. And now his father, uh, and I, I don't think it was coronavirus actually, but his father became ill. He and his wife have been there as caregivers for a little while and he just passed away. And I, th- I think there's a lot of people feeling like, Oh my, if it's not one thing, it's another. And they're just waiting for, what is going to happen next? What bad thing is going to happen next? Well, again, what a great exercise. I appreciate everybody who posted, but a great exercise to look at what are we grateful for? I'm going to talk about this with my family. Uh, I'm going to surprise them with it. I'm going to do, cause we always do over Thanksgiving, do a great, you know, what are you grateful for to do a gratitude list like this? And then to say, okay, guys, let's go now go back and do a little bit of writing on, are you advocating for what you say you're grateful for? Are you investing in it? And what can you do more? And I think we can all do that. As you said, you know, can we all be perfectly well? No, but we can all be weller. So even if we look at the areas that we're grateful for to say, what can I do to make them weller to invest more into that? I, I, I am, uh, from this exercise, just doing this. And again, I just spent time with my wife and talking about family and looking at the holiday time to say, what are some things we can do different to make it more meaningful, to make it more memorable, uh, and to be more intentional and to make it yeah, just a sweeter time. I think it's maybe, again, maybe that's one of the benefits of all this is it's making us be a little more intentional with our lives, with our decisions. And like, kind of what you said, Tom, we're, we're wrapping our, our lives have become so different because we've all been impacted by something that is literally affect. I mean, you, you know, there you are, you've been in your home office for how long now? I mean, it's changed the trajectory of your days. Uh, good time to reflect and say, how can we take advantage of it? 
You know, Kevin, one of the things that I've kind of uncovered in my research, uh, I'm working on a new leadership book, and it has to do with the sea change of business that's going on that's going to live on past the pandemic. I mean, the, the stay work from home uh, trend is, you know, before it was about 5% of the days were work from home uh, from the people who could. And then at the peak of the of the pandemic, over 40%. Hmm. We're probably going to settle on 20%. But here's something I'm grateful for in that respect. And that is, is that large companies, uh, they've had a big mindset shift. They now understand uh, because the number one concern of large companies is the health and well-being of their people. Because, you know, when there's, when there's massive change, which is what we've had, and people go home and they set up their home office, or, or their spouse does, and maybe one of them loses their job, and the other one's now the sole breadwinner. And there's uh, homeschooled kids running around in the background, not because they chose homeschooling, but because that was the only option. Yeah, yeah. And their office isn't an office, right? It's a, it's a, it's a corner in the closet or the bedroom or the kitchen table. This has a lot of impact on somebody's mental health and well-being. And yeah. so... I think for the first time that we've seen since, since I've been alive, that larger organizations are understanding this relationship, that quality of life equals quality of work. Hmm. Quality of life equals quality of work. Now, dad had a, had a quote, a little saying he used to do all the time. And he said this, he said, if standard living is your goal, Quality of life almost never goes up. Hmm. But if quality of life is your goal, your standard of living almost always goes up. Yeah. And so I've seen this big uh, transformation and it's still it's still occurring. And, and it's not, you know, by all means, it's not 100 percent across the board, but leadership and organizations where the kind of like the unwritten rule was, hey, uh, we're, we're hiring you for this job and we own you from nine to five or these are your responsibilities. You get that done first and then you go and take care of the rest of your life. And suddenly everybody's working from home. Everybody's dealing with these issues and empathy has entered the picture because when they when they hear the 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 kids in the background or the dog barking or, you know, things are just a little bit of disarray. They're like, wow, that's that's me. <laughs> I've yeah. had that problem. Yeah. And now there's just that little bit of extra of grace <clears throat> that's going on. <clears throat> that's <clears throat> you just lost your voice there, didn't you? I know. I lost my <laughs> voice. Hopefully I'll find it. Yeah. Uh and so for Ziegler, that's what we've always been about. We we have always recognized that what you do to earn a living your economic engine. That's just one of the seven spokes on mm -hmm. the wheel of life. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the way we teach it, it comes last, right? It comes after the mental and the spiritual and the physical and the family and the financial and the personal. It comes, it comes last. But in the spectrum of the world, whenever you say, tell me about yourself, what, what do we lead with? We lead with our work. Yeah. Uh, you know, wouldn't it be better if, when somebody says, tell me about yours, maybe this is, maybe this is, we could start a trend, okay? When you meet somebody new and they say, tell me about yourself, what if you 
in less than a minute said, well, let me tell you the things I'm most thankful for. Yeah. That'd be great. Maybe, maybe we're on to something with that. That would be, that would be pretty cool. It would be. I mean, it's, it's something that comes up more and more that, yeah, that question of you meet somebody new, you go to a social thing, what do you do? And it's supposed to be your work. Man, that's, that's one role of my life. I mean, I get it, but it's, it's really, I, I've gotten to where I feel guilty to ask because you do it to size people up. I mean, it's, it's just a, a significant reality of our lives. We do it to understand hierarchy even to some degree, which sounds bad. And we want to say, no, no, it's just so I get to know somebody, but man, it's going to, you know, how are you going to treat them based upon what's your perspective? I'll never forget Donald Miller in his book. I think it was scary close. And he talks about being at on site. It's a, like a counseling place uh, on site. It's run by Miles Adcox, who we had on the show uh, quite a while back. I don't know, maybe it's in the past year. Anyways, he went there and as part of this, it was like a six day thing or something like that. And as part of it, they, for the first so many days, were not allowed to say what they did. It was, that was off limits. You cannot do that. They wanted to keep the playing field even. And Donald, to his credit, just talked about how amazingly difficult it was for him how he was ashamed of how hard because he wanted to tell people, oh, I'm a, I'm an author and you know, I'm a well-known author. I'm a best-selling author. He wanted, it was his identity and he wanted to. And I thought about that so often. Can we go into, I mean, that'd be a neat social thing of, Hey, we're going to have a, uh, you know, a group of couple, uh, you know, 10, 10 couples over for dinner or well, you can't do that now, but back when you, back when you could, or when you can again, to have people over. And as part of our exercise for the, even if it's for the first half of the night, we're going to do things to get to know each other. You cannot divulge what you do. It'd be really interesting because we, again, we just, that's, it's how we, how we address people based on what we perceive of what they do. It's pretty interesting. You know, the, the whole wearing of the mask, the way we relate to people, the, the way that we connect is we get our cues from facial expressions. So, Kevin, I can imagine right now, if I say, Kevin, tell me what you do, okay? I'm looking at you, and you're going to go into professional gear, and you're going to say this and this and this, and I'm going to go, okay. And so we're kind of measuring each other. If I say, Kevin, tell me three things that you're really grateful for, and if you need a second to think about it, that's okay. Yeah. Now I can imagine asking you that, and, and now I want everybody to picture what Kevin's face is going to look like when he tells me. It's mm-hmm. going to be completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Because right? it's it's coming from a different place. Yeah. Yeah, it so is. Maybe it's, it's go ahead. Maybe that's what we do. Maybe the maybe the way we we celebrate Thanksgiving in a way we've never done before is whoever we're with or around, we just, you know, instead of giving them the, the standard byline, just, yeah. just ask a question. Hey, what are you grateful for today? Take a second if you need it. That would be good. What do you value? I mean, talk, talk about knowing the measure of somebody to know what they most value, what they truly value. Okay, good. That's what I got. That was worth the price of admission for me on the show right here. Uh, I'll have to, I'll have to see if I can put that in the description. How, yeah, what an interesting, an interesting concept. I, I just like the idea of getting together with people and not being able to say it, at least for a while, you know, during the, during the event as well. But to do that instead, what do you, what do you care about? What are you grateful for? What do you value? All right, I've got my Thanksgiving list of ideas or some more added to do with the family, literally from this. 
So, so Kevin, what, what are you thankful for? What am I thankful for? I am at a, an, uh, right now I just spent what over three days alone with my wife. I'm very grateful for who she is. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I like her, you know, as, as goofy as that sounds, I'm just grateful that I like her, that I want to hang out with her. That's what a lot, a lot of what we, you know, our, our prayers before a meal or something, it was just, just that. And really the same thing that I am so eager to see the kids. Um, and I, and I, you know, I love my solitude. Did I miss my kids? I, I so enjoy getting away and being alone. I don't know that I missed them, but I'm grateful to go back to them. I'm grateful that I enjoy them. I'm grateful to go back to them. Um, and I am grateful for health and what it allows us to do. Yeah. Just being, I've done so much bike riding and running over the past week and, uh, grateful for that. Grateful that I love, we talked a lot about, uh, second home and, and some things and but grateful that I love where I live. Um, man, that's what hit me right at the top and, uh, and, and grateful. I, I'll say I'm grateful right now for some, just some spiritual insights into myself. Maybe, um, I don't know how to even phrase that, but just feel like one of those times where I just thank you, Lord, for opening my eyes and my ears to some new things in my relationship awesome. there. Yeah. How about you, brother? Oh, so my, my grand puppy, Charlie comes over three or four times a week and just the all in excitement around this little golden doodle. He's, you know, 25 pounds, he's three. Uh, but it makes me think, gosh, you know, I'd, I'd want to have that response, that heart for the people I love. Yeah. You know, and then my daughter is getting married. That's big, big stuff. And I've been thinking about that. And what I'm grateful for is, uh, you know, when she's over, she starts sharing plans with, you know, her future. Right. So you could see it's a, a young couple, not married yet. They've got all these dreams, all these plans, and they're just dreaming it out there. And I, I'm grateful that she expresses those and, you know, she, she's expressed them in such a way where she's hoping she'll, will nudge her. Right. You know, confirm some things she's thinking and, yeah. and uh, you know, and not, not everybody has that kind of relationship with their family. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, extremely grateful for that. Um, I get a, I get to work with people every day who are in alignment on the mission that we're on. Yeah. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, they're in it to make a difference in somebody else's life. And the fact that we get to do what we do and help others do the same, that's just mind boggling to me. It's, you know, the, the, the world has always kind of been the, the normal thing in the world is you have your job. And then if you have faith, you go to a church or you get involved in a nonprofit. And so you've got your work and, and your faith kind of stuff. And they're kind of two separate things. Ours has always been, you know, just one big pot of stew with it's all mixed up, right? Our work or our ministry, our faith, our friends, our relationships all in one. And that's, that's just been such a huge blessing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And our, our people um, that we work with, they, they inspire me. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, what's weird is whenever I feel down, it's like, 
man, I just need to get on the phone or get on a Zoom or something with my people because it's the energy, the excitement. It, it's it's really good. And there are a lot of people who don't have that. They don't have that network of like-minded people who are ready to go to the next level. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to my doing my gratitude list. You're making me think of some things. And uh, yeah, I've got a lot. Got a lot right now. Grateful to be grateful. I'm grateful for you. How's that? I'm grateful to do these shows with you every week. It's such a uh, yeah, you talked about Zoom. I was talking to my wife. I'm, I'm now working uh, with two of my daughters. I've hired them and I'm in communication with them now more than ever. And we do Zoom calls and it's I know more about their lives than I have in a long time. Just the day to day goings on. And I appreciate that with you. I get this every week, uh, once or twice. At least we get to do these and catch up for a little bit. And I am I am grateful for Tom Ziegler. Well, I'm grateful that I get to work with the greatest host in all the land. <laughs> well, I appreciate <laughs> And how cool is it? Our kids it. work with us. Yeah, it is. It is. That I, doesn't get much better. Yeah. Matter of fact, I don't think I told you this time. I've got uh, two of my girls working uh, with me and I've got uh, a son that I'm going to be hiring. But he works in the same office I do here. He works for Randy now, uh, Dr. James. Uh, so he's here, but then he's, I'm going to be hiring him to do some work in about 30 days. I've got another son, my 14 year old who uh, cleans the office. He got the job of, of cleaning the office here. So he gets paid. He makes like 20 bucks an hour cleaning the office. And uh, my 16 year old son, we just decided to put him in charge of all my social media, all the show social media and stuff. Uh, take it out, out of one of my daughters who I'm filling up with other stuff. So I'm going to have five kids that are in my uh, employ. So I'm, uh, it made me think of, uh, uh, who's the one minute manager? Uh, Ken Blanchard. Ken Blanchard. Yeah, he is. He is outspoken about nepotism, you know, about family, doing business with family. Uh, so, yeah, that's high on my high on my gratitude list right now. Yeah. Well, so I'm grateful for new beliefs uh, yeah. around this subject. My belief was uh, because I started in the company and it was our company was larger at the time. Uh, I didn't know if my managers were telling me the truth or treating me like the son uh, of the boss. Huh. And so I, I developed this false belief that said, you know what, when, when my daughter is old enough to go work, I want her to go work somewhere else so she can get unbiased instruction and know that she's doing a great yeah. job. Yeah. But that was a wrong belief. So then when I started studying scripture and Jewish tradition, no. Our kids are supposed to, if, if possible, they're supposed to work in the family, but we have a responsibility to mentor them and grow them up. Yeah. Right. We, it's, and so when you think about the way our educational system works, it's a new invention. It's only been around for a little over a hundred years before that everybody was educated at home. And then a few people got to go off to school. And now that we're back to educating people at home. It's like, wait a second, you know, this is wrong. No, it's probably the way it was supposed to be. And then now a lot of families are working together because just like your situation and mine, yeah. Hey, guess what? That might be the way it's supposed to be. I'll take it. I'll take it. I love it. Yep. Well, man, great to hear your list. Great to hear from so many people. So grateful that so many were willing to share it makes for such a great show. And uh, I am grateful for this time. Thankful for Thanksgiving. All right, brother. Let's go walk out our gratitude, eh?
That's right. Be blessed. Yep. Well, friends, I hope this episode inspires you to literally list out your top areas of gratitude, then consider if your time and resource investments line up. If you had money invested in 10 different investments and one or two were the most profitable, wouldn't you shift more of your resources to them? Man, the prospect of that sure convicts me. Coming up in episode 841, believe you have a message. So here's a thought. Who are you to think you have something worthy to offer anyone? This is perhaps the unspoken yet primary enemy of all personal development. I mean, we want to be of value to people. We want to help them. We want to take some lessons we've learned and lift others up. But the biggest hurdle is our own self-doubt. I mean, we as humans are far more prone to see our faults than our gifts, which is why I have a tremendous show for you today. I've known Jonathan Milligan for many years and witnessed him help a tremendous amount of people discover the message they have to offer and effectively get it into the market. His success in doing so uh, did not go unnoticed. It's why he was courted to write a book, which he did. It's called, and it's just come out, Your Message Matters, How to Rise Above the Noise and Get Paid for What You Know. And the book starts off with believing, truly believing you have a message, then leads you into defining it, and finally, to marketing it. Till then, folks, thank you, as always, for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. <laughs>